0: Welcome to the New Zealand Tech Podcast, presented by Paul Spain, Bradley Burroughs, and guests.
1: Welcome to the NZ Tech Podcast. This is episode number 66. You're with myself, Paul Spain, Nate Dunn and Skip Parker. And this evening we have, uh, to start off the podcast, we have a special guest coming to us live and direct from Las Vegas, Nevada. Welcome
2: along, Brad Burroughs. How are you doing? Good evening, it's actually just flipped over, it's now good morning for me, it's 12.22 in the morning.
1: Oh, very nice, well thank you for staying up to, uh, to, to chat to us, um, we won't hold you up for too long, but um, you this week have been at uh, MMS 2012, the Microsoft Management Summit over there, um, now tell us what's, uh, what's been the big, the big announcement today?
2: So, I suppose the big one is actually not really around the management summit. It's been around the Windows 8 client SKU announcements. So, Microsoft has announced only three SKUs down from 16, which is pretty revolutionary for them. Um, And they're going to, I mean, the way I'm looking at it right now is they've called it Windows 8. That's the official name. And it's Windows 8, Windows 8 Pro. And then the ARM version is called Windows 8 RT. So, the way to look at it is you've got consumer. Business and and tablet, and yeah, it's, it's okay. really really so slick. Very
1: very simplified.
2: Yeah, it's yeah. really good. It's what they should have done years ago. It's going back to Windows XP days. If you remember Windows XP, it was really simple. But even Windows XP
1: had a tablet edition and a Media Center edition and so on. Now, the bit I heard was um, with Media Center, they're breaking that out. It used to be part of certain editions of uh, of Windows 8, and now there'll be a little add-on. If you want that uh, Media Edition, there'll be a little uh, add-on pack that provides that functionality onto the uh, the Pro version of Windows 8. Have I uh, Have I picked that up about right?
2: Yep, that's 100% right. So the the pro version, if there were three key things, there'll be a lot more that the fanboys will go on about, but the three key ones for pro is that you can join a domain, you've got BitLocker on it, and that you can download the Media Center add-on pack through the marketplace. Right, so those are
1: key things, particularly for business users are going to want those features or people that want to make sure their uh, their machine is entirely encrypted so um, you've got that BitLocker uh, side of it. And I think there's um, there's also the remote desktop sort of uh, host functionality if you want to RDP into your machine so remote into yeah. it yeah. Now, Brad, I, I was reading the uh,
3: chart today off the Windows was it the Windows blog site, and they were mentioning that of the three different brands, uh, the three different SKUs that the the RT or the tablet or the ARM one um, included Microsoft Office was that is that something that's built into is that what they're sort of saying here built into the micro, Windows 8 experience.
2: Yep, totally. So you're pretty – now, I can't remember the exact product thing, so you guys will have to help me out. But I think it's going to be Excel, PowerPoint, OneNote, and Word. They're not going to have Outlook because Outlook is seen as an enterprise mail app. You can use the local Metro-based mail app, um, which will be the equivalent of Outlook. So it's all going to be built in, yep. Yeah,
1: it's well. that's, that's quite an interesting approach, isn't it? But I guess what they're doing is, is the, um, the ARM version is really designed to compete with – iPad type uh, type products and you know what what they're doing is they've got the touch interface that delivers all the you know, the iPadish type stuff but they're giving you Microsoft Office which is one of the things the iPad hasn't had so it sounds like a smart move it's going to be interesting to see how um, you know how people respond to it
2: yeah look i mean i mean i don't know about you guys but i've always found it ridiculous when you've had home home premium enterprise and, you know i mean you just want to keep it simple if you want to go buy something you want to know whether it's for your home or if it's for work, that's all I care about. Yep. So I, I think it's a good move. I really yeah, do. No, and it, it is, yeah. it is
1: good. Now, um, something else you were mentioning before we uh, before we um, cut across to you was um, that out on the streets, um, HP had a um, had a, sort of a booth outside there, uh, and they've got those new the new Nokia Lumia nine hundred handsets. And uh, what I uh, just picked up a couple of days ago was that. Uh, Amazon have these as their uh, their top selling uh, smartphone at the moment I think in slots 1 and 2 is the uh, Nokia Lumia 900 How's uh, how does that seem to be going over there what's the reception to this new handset
2: yeah look I mean from what I've seen and from the ads and the people in the stores and the AT&T trucks it's been phenomenal I mean so it's the Lumia 900 it's selling for 459 plus all their via their taxes so I think you and I worked it out to be about $499 um, but it's a phenomenal Phenomenal device, and it's it's really starting. From talking to the AT and T guys, they're financially motivated now, just like they are with the iPhone to sell it, which I think has been the big blocker that AT and T's had. So this is not official, but I think they get. I think an AT and T salesperson gets fifty dollars for selling a Nokia Lumia, which is roughly the same amount they get selling for a iPhone. So it's on an even par at the moment, and it's getting a lot of publicity. There's a lot of advertising just on TV everywhere. So it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful.
3: Actually, while we're on that, they launched this in the States on Easter Sunday, didn't they?
2: Oh, it was such a cock-up.
3: Yeah, I mean, what, Honestly, what so. why, <laughs> why, why did they do that on Easter Sunday? I mean, everyone I've been listening to and uh, the news and the uh, blog sphere and all that sort of stuff have just been thinking, this is just bizarre. It's the worst, almost as bad as maybe launching on Christmas Day.
2: Yeah, look, I mean so they did they did the whole lot of stuff pretty really well in New York they had a big event they got all these celebrities there they had people they had I mean this is going to laugh but they had one of the Kardashian girls up on Fox News showing off the phone and they had all this media attention I think it was on the Friday I think it was and so everyone's going great great great
1: oh they had the um, the event in Times Square with uh yeah, Times uh, Nicki Meninja wasn't it <laughs> <laughs> uh, Minaj, sorry I'm having a I'm having a bad day where Meninja. did that come from um, Nicki Minaj
2: <laughs> oh that could be offensive in some countries um, <laughs> but yeah no, they, look they had they had Nicki they had the Cardassians they had these time machines they had billboards they had Times Square all Metro um, fired, if you like on all the digital they had Fox they had all the news stations there so everyone was going great 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 and then they went they said right you can go buy them on Sunday only problem is Sunday most of the ATT stores are closed because it was Easter weekend and i just think they just the execution part that is someone between Nokia AT&T and Microsoft didn't quite read the email that went by the way our stores are closed so yeah they didn't they didn't really sort that out
1: Oh well, never mind. Uh, it's, but it's, it sounds like it's a good phone, so um, we'll, we'll look forward to seeing that when, um, when one of those lands in, uh, in New Zealand. Now, um, just, just before you leave, now the Microsoft Management Summit—that's all about, um, uh, you know, I guess uh, uh, managing of Microsoft systems in a, in a you know business scenario. Now, we've obviously got quite a few uh, listeners who are involved in sort of corporate IT and the like. There's an upcoming uh, conference here in New Zealand that is going to be uh, carrying. Over over a lot of the content from, uh, from that management summit to New Zealand. Is that right?
2: Yeah, that is right. We're, we're lucky. We've, um, so the keynote tomorrow morning is actually going to be designed and um, and I suppose all written by an ex-Kiwi uh, called Adam Hall. And all the demos he's not are designed. kiwi He's a real Kiwi. He's a real Kiwi, but he's living over here now. He's already saying super on everything. Oh, no. Uh, I know, it's terrible, but and also all the demo, all the demos are created by Intigen, so um, it's been delivered by Brad Anderson tomorrow morning, but the, all that content and the keynote, we're actually flying Adam Hall down to New Zealand, and he will be the keynote speaker at the System Centre launch event that's going to be happening in New Zealand. Um, Wellington, May 2nd and 3rd, and Auckland, May 8th and 9th, so Adam will be doing the keynote and delivering some technical tracks, and then we've got Stu Fox, Nathan Mercer, and a whole lot of other people coming in to, to to do some really amazing tracks and presentations, and there will be some Windows Server eight tracks in there as well. Mm. So there'll be a lot of goodness for people to get their heads around.
1: That sounds great. I mean, it's a, a lot of the content is uh, is going to be on par with you know with, with a big conference like uh, like TechEd, but this is actually a, f- a free event, isn't it?
2: Yeah, 100% free. Um, if people want to register, I'm going to do a shameless plug here. It's microsoft.co.nz forward slash system center. Oh, sorry, um,
1: we, we, don't, we don't allow commercial uh, promotions yeah. on, on here, Brad. Yeah, no, no, sorry. I
2: thought I'd, I'd slip it in. Skip won't edit it out yeah. for me. <laughs> um, but yeah, look, go on. It's free. Um, there'll be goodies bags. There'll be all sorts of goodness going on. Um, it, there's a two days, um, and it's there's a lot of stuff there. There's SQL with system center, Azure with system center. There's a technical all-day session all around keep Components of System Center and Windows Server eight. So, yeah, I think there's a lot there for people to get their, their heads around and then come along and hear some actually really smart people talk about what's going on out there.
1: Cool, excellent. All right, well, thank you, thank you for that, Brad. Uh, nice to chat. I'll let you get back to uh, partying in uh, in Vegas and uh, you can head out on the strip.
2: Yeah, go back it's, to the uh,
1: after midnight there now. So I'm sure um, it's going to really start cranking soon. So enjoy yourself. Bring us back <laughs> lots of gifts and uh, we look forward to our next chance to uh, chat to you on the podcast. Podcast.
2: All right, guys. See you later, guys.
1: Cheers. See ya. Right, so next topic, uh, a little update on QuickFlix. Now, we we heard about this in recent weeks. This is the new uh, service launched by the Australian uh, company, QuickFlix, into the New Zealand market, and it provides... Online streaming of uh, TV shows and movie content. Not a big amount of content at the moment, um, but they are working on growing that uh, that content base. And I know they've got some more stuff coming soon. Uh, we asked them if there's a chance of the Quickflix software becoming available on the Xbox, because a lot of a lot of us don't have PlayStations, but we have Xboxes. And would that be happening this year? They said there's a very good chance of it, effectively. So, um, yeah. Nice. Good news for uh, for the quick flicks, guys. Now, Apple have been in the news a little bit over the last couple of weeks. <laughs> just a little. Just Something a little. to do with the flashback Trojan. Have you guys been uh, been keeping up to date on uh, on this one?
3: I mean, we've uh, I guess we've all been seeing it. Um, so there was the announcement that there was the Trojan on the Mac, and there was possibly. A little bit of a delay from a response from Apple, which is fair enough because you want to measure your response for such an event as this, and um, recently Mac have come out with a set of patches or tools from the OS itself, which will go and figure out if you've got the virus, help clean it and get rid of it.
1: But this is only for OS X Lion, so only if you're running the very latest version of the OS, which is actually a minority of Apple customers at this stage, I believe.
3: Yeah. The problem is that um, they've also been targeting the botnet itself as well. So they've been trying to shut down the botnet control system. So the idea of a botnet is your um, your Trojan sits on your machine and it's constantly polling a number of different websites around the globe for instructions like, I don't know, format drive, steal documents or uh, denial of service at Tuihana Cafe or something. So there's all these sort of things that they can do. So they've been working at, I guess, trying to shut down the botnets, but there's still there's still a number of infections out there, and it's a significant number of infections. So either the message isn't getting out far enough to people, um, or that people are just a little bit blase about it, still. I just don't know, it's a bit strange.
1: Yeah, I think some people are fairly relaxed if they can't see it jumping onto their screen and dancing around and saying you've got a, a, a virus or you've got some malware or got a, you're running a Trojan, then um, they kind of think that it's not going to cause them any problems. But, uh, you know, a Trojan sort of running in the background on your computer could be sending your key presses and passwords and, you know, who knows what other. confidential bits and pieces off your uh, system and um, you know they could end up who knows where
0: well botnets can also be used for massive spam networks um And I think you know I've always been under, the, or I always thought that a good way to to take down a botnet would be actually at the ISP level. But then I suppose you open up a whole can of worms where if you're blocking particular things or different file types going through, or um, yeah, anything like that, you could end up blocking legitimate stuff. So it, it really is a hard you know, um, decision to make because ISPs are probably let's think about the spam botnet are seeing you know mass amounts of emails going out of residential connections and thinking well we could actually block it and stop that, but well, well they we... do by default now, you know I guess
1: that's the thing is most um, you know most internet providers are um, uh, you know are, are blocking um, outgoing email unless it goes via their mail, mail server now, don't they so that that does you know reduce the effectiveness of these things to a to a degree. I wonder if one of the things about this particular um, incident because
3: this is kind of the first major global virus incident for the Mac, right?
1: well it's one it's of the it's probably, one of the most major um, virus incidents we've probably had actually in, For in many time. years yeah no, that's right um, but i know. guess i guess the mindset with mac
3: uh, with pcs is that you know you can get viruses so you're regularly drummed into update and antivirus and all that sort of stuff whereas the, this this rhetoric has never happened within the mac os x platform so people probably don't necessarily um, do updates as much cuz Let's be honest, if your Mac's working for you, it's working for you. You know you don't have to worry too much about updates, and so people aren't necessarily getting the fix to sort of download it. They may not be even aware of it because, quite frankly, my Mac's working for me. As you say, I'm not getting any gremlins jumping on the screen, so I guess it's a new learning curve and a, a new chapter of, shall we say, IT maturity for the platform. They've now got viruses like everyone else has got, and so they just have to start living with that reality.
1: Yeah, and I mean it's something we've talked about here on the NZ Tech podcast, you know, many times before. is we do recommend, people really are cautious with whatever you know computers that they're running to make sure they are protected appropriately, and you know that even relates to mobile platforms and so on. Where uh, where possible, uh, it's it's worth keeping those as locked down as you as you can. Interesting thing at work
3: today. The guys at work said to me, "But we know we won't be getting viruses because we have antivirus on our Macs already. You forced us to have it." Like actually, yeah, just there is plenty of antivirus
1: solutions for Mac, so it's worth investing in it now. Bear in mind though that it is possible for new you know new things to come out that your current antivirus software won't pick up, so there's a lot more you know layers to keeping a secure system than just installing an a v program that might uh, you know some of these AV programs will only update once a day, or, or I remember one of the free ones up used to update once a week. Um, that will be completely ineffective against protecting you um, from a new variant of a new virus that just came out uh, 15 minutes ago and started spreading around the world.
3: And I'd just like to throw a plug to one particular antivirus vendor, and there are a couple that do this, and this is why it's worth spending the money on it. The likes of ESET um, do updates on the fly. I mean, I've seen antivirus updates happen twice or three times during a day because you can actually get submissions and they check through the system and launch signature updates on the fly across the globe. It's nice and quick. So, you know, if it's a chance between a $5 antivirus solution and one that's probably going to cost you $100 for the year and you're really serious about this stuff, go for the more expensive one, the name brand one, not one that sort of sounds a bit… Okay, like
1: Shield Defender Pro or whatever. <laughs> I mean, well, that's probably, it could be a virus in itself if it's got one of those random exactly, names right? Exactly. All right, uh, other, uh, other topics. Now, we heard um, a couple of days ago that um, there were some guys that have been uh, caught for doing some card skimming um, in, I think, in Mexico. And uh, they were trying to uh, get to New Zealand over the weekend, and uh, a couple of them were uh, blocked before they even boarded the flight, and the other guys who uh, made it onto the flight were uh, turned around by New Zealand Customs. So it's good to see that um, these guys doing their dodgy things are, uh, are getting dealt with, even if they're, uh, they're out and about and not locked up, at least they're, uh, they're getting stopped from coming into the, uh, New Zealand and uh, stealing our money.
3: Um, they do, police, and especially the federal police in Australia do have records on a lot of these guys. It's hard to find them because they're in the bit of a country, and it's sort of hard to sort of locate one person amongst millions. But they they're definitely aware of them. In fact, I think a lot of them refer to them as like a, a hacking tour. They go country to country to country, and they so they get a profile on these people. And as soon as they spot them, they'll be kicking them out as quick as possible.
1: Mm. I haven't been travelling recently, so um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you couldn't blame me for any of that. Uh, now, next uh, next topic, uh, Choice TV. This is a new uh, TV channel, uh, has just got announced uh, and will be launching in New Zealand on the 28th of April uh, on Freeview. So um, that's good, Freeview Channel 12, if you're familiar with uh, the channels. But on most systems, you'll just be able to do a scan or um, your uh, Freeview box will uh, potentially update automatically to pick that up. Uh, so, uh, so look out for that one. There's um, a bunch of content. Now, what we know is that one of the major shareholders is uh, Top Shelf Productions who do uh, Target. Um, what else do they do? They've got uh, Media 7, the ad show, and what's really in our food or similar sorts of programs to that. Um, and we have had a little bit of a sneak peek. At their uh, program schedule now, from what we've seen so far, most of the content announced isn't really, you know, particularly well-known stuff. Um, But it's certainly good to have some more content coming through on Freeview, and that was always, I guess, part of the promise of Freeview was the ability for more stations to be broadcast in a much higher quality format than uh, than the old analog uh, TV, where we didn't really have, um, we didn't end up with a whole lot of uh, a whole lot of content. Um it's any, gonna be, uh, any of those th- things stand out for uh for you guys. You had a little bit of a look through there, um Nate, I saw we've got um what have we got on there? Lost Roots of Britain with Gris Griff Reese Jones. So um a bit of comedy in there, um, I'm presuming, or was it him actually not being funny, but it's actually um just a doco, I'm not too sure. Um no. Ask, ask Genevieve was the one I was interested in. I've got all sorts of questions. The Vanishing Antarctic, Million Dollar Contractor, um, Mark Berg's Fishing Addiction. Oh, they've got a bit of fishing stuff on there. Shifting Gears. Uh, is that a car one? Um Auto speed, so yeah, there's a few, a few sort of topics that are, I guess, a little bit more um, specialised that look interesting. Design DNA, uh, surfing the menu, food safari. So they seem to have sort of, yeah, zoomed in on uh, on on topics like uh, fishing and cars and food, um, and the like. So um, yeah, there'll there'll probably be some bits and pieces in there of, of interest to people. I'm looking forward to the hairy, bake, hairy biker's Bake-a-thon, That looks like an interesting show. Yes, and what about um bees, butterflies and blooms?
0: I think that must be a gardening show. Okay, for the alliteration. Mm. When's um when's a few when's the analogue T V being switched off and everyone's being forced across to Free? September. So I suppose the nice thing with the uh with everyone being going across to that is instead of someone using the old um analogue T V and then not being able to get um choice T V and any other um future TV shows that come up is that everyone will be accustomed to freeview because you've got to go, got to have it because otherwise you can't have TV, um, and should make it a lot easier to get you know uh, the a lot more people watching these new channels.
1: Absolutely. Yeah,
3: I'm, no, I'm
0: assuming pretty... this is satellite, right?
1: No, this is uh, UHF just oh, standard, UHF? which is what most the way most people view their freeview. It's only uh, really out in the wow. outside of the main. Centers. I won't be. I won't be getting it. <laughs> Really? No. Uh, see that's the problem. I mean if you live in a
3: shadow area, which I do, which is in the middle of town of course, but it's just downhill, yeah, it's not gonna happen for me.
1: Wow. So you cannot get normal free view nope. you're on um low def T V. Yep. That's so um nineteen sixty four or something.
0: Well, there's really any solution to that, and I think Skip you just have to move.
1: Yeah <laughs> To be fair I mean fair, you, you can't You can't get TV
3: you,
0: I can't
1: get fibre You can't get ultra fast broadband
0: I can't even get trains I mean it's just ridiculous I think you yeah. should I think you should Can ring you
1: them. get pizza deliveries Or are you a little black spot Between the The different ones And they're like Oh sorry no That house That's, that, that's two houses away From that our delivery the, <laughs> region
3: <laughs> That would be the ultimate Indignation wouldn't it if I'm like, going to call I, them up <laughs> And see if they can Take you off the list Just just I'll, I'll pay them um, uh, this is This is great Because I mean We had unfortunately um, uh, Christmas time we had Stratos um, come off air mm. uh, that was just, run, just costing too much for them to do what they were doing so it's good to have a little bit more choice, um, I suspect we'll see a lot more Kiwi content if it's definitely been backed by some Kiwi space um, so that's quite good, I mean uh, it's supposed to be competing with what, the living channel type um, arrangement, is that right?
1: well i I mean I guess because it's on freeview it doesn 't have a direct competitor, but i you know if you were looking at sky type content, then yeah living um, you know paid paid content that would be a, be a potential sort of um, alternative so yeah it's interesting now, also chatting about uh freeview um, telecom New Zealand have a few um, changes that have gone on with their with their plans, and we found out you can get yourself uh Little TiVo box, which we've chatted on the show about a couple of times recently, uh, you can get one of those TiVo boxes for free if you either a move your uh, internet connection and, and home line um, to Telecom's Total Home plan. Uh, so if you're not with them already, or if you are already a Telecom customer, uh, you can actually give them a buzz and um, and they will uh, send you a free TiVo if you're willing to commit to a, um, uh, re-signing with them for a 12 month term so quite handy um, I've got um, uh, someone within the business who has a, um, has a internet connection at their home and they've just been bumped on one of the new plans from 10 gigs to 30 gigs worth of data which I thought was quite nice, uh, they were Paying eighty five dollars a month for that service, and uh, on calling up uh, Telecom, they said, "Yep, if you recommit for twelve months, we will give you a free TiVo, uh, and by the way, we'll also give you ten dollars off your monthly bill." So, um, wow. yeah, it's worth if you're if you're actually on that plan, which I think is probably quite common for people with you know who who aren't using a lot of data, and this may well apply to their other plans. Uh, it's probably worth giving them a call. Now, I have the details here if you want to short circuit that and give them a buzz now 0800 555 322 is the number and you ask for the home solutions team that's what i did anyway and they uh they sorted out lickety split and this was on sunday i spoke to them and uh the tivo arrived um today tuesday so very very quick to um to hook all that up so quite nice if you're looking for a um uh personal video recorder to um to handle your free view uh content. Um I know Skip doesn't like it but I've been very <laughs> pleased with a little TiVo box. Um but he but yes anyway mixed, mixed we, we we won't go into a uh, there's mixed results a, a, but it's... A, but at free it's uh, it's it's not a bad uh, not a bad deal
3: I was just thinking it's interesting watching ISPs at play now um, you know they're doing the various upgrades of data so you've you've seen I mean Vodafone did this recently uh, a little while back now up to the data rates for all their plans you know, telecoms doing the same and you're getting the additional value add as well so. For me, it's the MySky off Vodafone, the free MySky upgrade, and Telecom with the TiVo. It's just kind of getting a little bit muddy as to what you get with
1: an ISP, don't you think? It's like- well, it's a little bit like it used to be in the mobile space where the offerings from every carrier were so completely different, you couldn't really compare one uh, to another. Yep, that's now right. they've simplified them a lot, and it is... Becoming easier to compare those offerings,
3: but i'm I'm finding myself i mean I went to Vodafone not necessarily because of the uh sky, but it certainly was a bit of a draw card absolutely so the next i s p and I'm throwing this one out there next i s p to give me a packet of free donuts every month I'm on <laughs> I'll move I'm there for the donuts, you know what I'm saying.
1: Well, we're we're looking for an, an ISP uh, here in the studio that would uh, that would send through um, a nice uh, a nice meal to us on a Tuesday evening. <laughs>
3: um,
0: so um, you know, donuts or otherwise. What do you guys think of the? Because um, when you get the ISPs that are offering free data to say your, your your services online, like your your trade me's or even your video streaming, which are very bandwidth intense, you know that brings up that whole net neutrality argument that. Um, you know ISPs really shouldn't be offering free data to particular providers because then it gives preference you know uh. some providers over others um, my and I'll go straight off the bit my um, sort of opinion is that if uh, Sky TV and Vodafone did deal with their streaming uh, TV straight through their service that's fine and you just have to as a consumer play that to your advantage um, but yeah, I sort of understand the also from the the flip side of you know the the web or the internet should be a, a free for all. Nothing's given priority over anything else, that sort of thing. So, what do you guys think?
1: Well, it's it's just it's about um, you know paying for data, and in New Zealand we just have to pay for data. So any ISP that says hey chunk of data here that you're not going to have to pay for, I I think that's a good thing. Um, it is here very different to uh, you know to the US. And yeah, I'm not not sure that the you know net neutrality um, discussions of the U.S. market directly relate um, to a market like ours, which has had a number of other uh, you know challenges in terms of how internet connections work and how different ISPs uh, you know connect together. I, I Some think, in a much nicer way than others. Yeah.
0: I think also, too, people need to understand that for a partnership to happen, it's not, uh, let's say, Vodafone and, and it starts streaming all sky down you know the broadband pipes rather than over satellite. Um it's, it's not sort of you flip a switch and it's away you go. There's a lot of um, network considerations. There's hardware that has to be co located inside the network. You know, it, it, it's not just a, a sort of whole lot of executives sit down, shake hands, and away they go. There's actually a lot of technical stuff. There's a lot of maintenance behind the scenes. No, Robert, you rubbish. Just push a button, it all happens. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, there is quite a bit of cost to the, the business and they're going to be doing it to bring in more customers to make themselves more profitable and, and give a better return to their shareholders, which is really what they're all here for.
1: Yeah. No, I I think it it makes sense. But you're right; there is complexities and there is cost to do that. So uh, that's why not everyone has jumped on board and uh, is is streaming, for instance, the uh, Quickflix content for free. But it's nice that we've seen uh, Orcon and I think is it uh, Slingshot yeah come on board with the um, you know with with uh, you know free free data for uh, Quickflix Quickflix subscribers. Yeah. Yeah. all right, now next, uh, what's our what's our next
0: Wavy? Topic? Yes, so Wavy is a service that um, I've sort of come across in the last week. So Wavy is sort of promotes themselves as being a bit of a Facebook, a bit of a Twitter, but for um, companies and topics. So if you're really interested in Apple, you can subscribe to all the Apple updates and it, it works as a news aggregator and pulls in um, information from all sorts of sites. So you sign up. I notice that you have to sign up with, I think it's your Facebook account or your Twitter account. You can't sort of just sign up, you know, put your email address and password in and away you go. Yeah, they suggest a Facebook sign up. Which I, I know they're doing so that they can start pushing, you know, what you're reading and what you like to Facebook to, to get some of that sort of core mass. But it's fantastic because especially if, a, you know, if you're reading, if you're using RSS feeds, which I use heavily, often you'll find things come up more than once. And the nice thing that Wavy does is it combines them all together into one um, update and then you can click that and see all the different um, places that, that's that been mentioned. So, it's a, you know, there's so much information that's flinging around left, right and centre. It's a really nice way to, to put it all together and just subscribe to topics you like.
3: What's the um, URL for that?
0: It is w a v i i dot com. Ah, right. So yes. in, in, in it's very, still in beta
1: at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, in very, in very web two point You know, they've got they've spouted in a weird way, like
0: if like which, which I guess you have to to get a dot um, a com name these days. Yeah, so a really nice service. I've as I said, I've only just discovered and I've just been using it over the last week, but. Um yeah I'm finding I'm using it all the time just to, to see what's um what's coming up. And there's also you don't have to only follow um brands or people or you can also t- um you can also follow things like acquisitions or um you know, when something goes bust which would cover everything, which is quite nice. Mm. Um so yeah, still a, a beta service but I highly recommend just have a bit of look and see if you like it. Cool. Um holograms.
1: Holograms. We've been ha- we were having a bit of a chat about holograms uh off air earlier. And there's there's been a whole bunch of stuff um floating around in the last few days of um various holographic happenings,
0: um including at a um at a recent gig. So uh Coachella, I think that's hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. You got it right. It's a big uh, festival in uh, California, I believe it is. Seventy-five thousand odd people attended every day, and yeah,
1: it seems to be getting bigger and bigger every year. It's been going for a few years now,
0: over uh, three days, and um, Tupac the. absolute epitome, I suppose, of, of rap and hip-hop music, if you're into that sort of uh, genre of music, um, made an appearance as a hologram and uh, was there with Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre and uh, performed and, and no one actually knew about it and it was uh, it was sort of brought out and then massive discussion on Twitter about it. And it's done by a company called AV Concepts who uh, did it according to an article on... Uh, News and trends, Huff Post, Huffington Post, um, and they were talking about that. Yeah, Dr. Dre worked with them, and they came up with this whole uh, concept and brought him back from uh, brought him back from the dead, so to speak. Um, also the article also talks about that they may move into having artists instead of them performing live, actually doing it by hologram, but. Uh, yeah i don't think that's actually really a good idea because you you miss out you know really all the holograms doing is you're you're watching a a projection so you know you could could be watching it in your own lounge yeah Yeah. you could be and you know the whole nice thing about having a live element is the unexpected things you know when the when the artist does things that aren't on the cd or or respond to the crowd and you're going to miss that out you know with just having a hologram so I, i also think it's unfair to say that it it was a live performance because, yeah, it was actually just a recording that they were, inter- you know, interfacing with. So, well, the guys did. That's the thing. <laughs> Small <laughs> problem. Small problem of calling it live. <laughs> yes. But I, I think you'll see this more and more, and you know, very, very cool technology. And
3: they used something similar for ele- around election time. I think uh, one of the news channels had a holographic version of. Um, Oh, I can't remember what his name was now, but you know they they use it for interviewing people, so you're looking at the set and they're standing face to face each other, but they're you know different parts of the globe now that was actually a bit of a fake because they overlaid the the holographic image and post. but you can see that it's going to be something that could be kind of useful as an interactive discussion point between people who knows maybe the next version of uh, Cisco VM uh, or the sort of the the VC stuff from the video conference stuff will be holographic. who knows?
1: Yeah this I mean it's something that's been talked about for years and years I remember um you know reading about all this stuff back in the back in the 80s and it was like oh yeah holograms are coming they're going to be the next you know the next sort of thing you replace your TV you'll just have be watching a holographic sort of show um but actually a lot of stuff doesn't really translate to um to a hologram doesn't unless you want people in sort of a particular you know, real size and so on. It's um, it's it's probably
0: probably not ideal. That's the one. That's the one. Um, moving on. So, Paul, what were you up to last weekend? Because I think you were out and about. And-
1: oh, last week I was in uh, I was in Sorry, Sydney last week? week. Um, yeah. So Hewlett Packard uh, put on an event over in Oz for um a few bloggers and uh, and and podcasters. To update us on uh, on some of their new happenings um, in this case um, they were they just made an announcement of their new um, HP converge cloud offerings which is a uh, basically that's their new um, uh, technology aimed at, at large businesses um, which is is sort of gearing up to a, allow uh, larger businesses to be able to um, you know, move away from their traditional on-site server systems, and uh, they're they're you know launching a range of new systems that will make it, um, in theory, very easy for uh, businesses to be able to run their servers, whether they're actually locally in terms of a private cloud, or whether they're out in the public cloud, or sort of a in-between sort of hybrid um, managed cloud offering. So, yeah, some interesting bits and pieces there. Looks like um, HP have spent a lot of time trying to work out. What to do in the space, and um, their offerings are, are actually looking pretty sharp. Uh, but it is still early days, and um, I think it's next month that they launch into beta with their uh, their pl- private cloud offerings. So, um, you know, those that are involved in in running the IT and and bigger businesses uh, may well want to uh, just just have a look and. Um, and see whether these offerings are, are sort of going to be uh, relevant to them, uh, but it's, yeah it's it's a pretty big move from uh, from a company of HP size, and yeah, I think um, probably fairly challenging for them actually at their sort of scale to um, um, you know to sort of settle down and and decide uh, what will be their sort of uh, global offering so uh, yeah that's it so uh, yeah thanks to HP for that one it was uh, it was actually really interesting to get that update and to be able to talk to some of their top people uh, you know in person rather than just getting sent the uh, uh, usual little sort of press updates and and things that um, yeah don't don't really answer too many questions so um, good um, a a good value uh, visit from from my perspective anyway now uh, other topics. Um, Facebook
0: offers. What's so you, what's happening there? Facebook didn't, is.
1: Uh, didn't Facebook get rid
0: of that? Well, seems so, but they're back. So. Um, it was revealed at a marketing conference uh, at the beginning of March. So it seems in the US they're starting to allow businesses with uh, business pages for Facebook pages to um, offer offers to uh, their fans and all that sort of stuff. So they're, they're rolling it in the US um, as sort of a, a limited trial, and they're going to start pushing it out uh, global. So how does it work? Is this like the sort of daily
1: deals type websites that that we uh, that we see? In New Zealand, where you just get these sort of special deals that run for a short space of time and are usually targeted by a particular um,
0: region or locality. Yep. So it's it's all designed to push um, customers through the doors. And you know, just like when when Trade Me sold, that we had all sorts of auction sites pop up all the all over the place. You know, I th- I really think the offer market is really really saturated. So it should be interesting to see how. Um, facebook's offer of offers goes um they've, they've got the nice thing that people already like and are already you know um, interacting with brands that they like so I, I think it's gonna yeah it would be interesting to see um how that goes so um yeah they're just in the us for now but they are looking at doing a push out global shortly so
1: okay cool now um skip as as well as the um the Microsoft management summit in uh, Vegas this week there's a um a big broadcasting conference over there as well. Yes. Um you've been following yes. that one very very closely. Um, yeah. Tell us on what have sort of been the um, the highlights so so far. Okay, yeah. So um, Vegas is very full,
3: and uh, talking to Brad before the show, um, he was saying that uh, Microsoft took over all the big spots, and uh, NAB, which is the National Association of Broadcasters. Uh, which is a huge event, has been shifted out of Vegas a bit. So NAB is basically um, the premier industry uh, conference for showing off everything to do with broadcasting. So we're doing cameras, TV, workflow. Uh, You can go and see some of the most amazing rigs in terms of outside broadcasting caravans and whatnot. Uh, Everything to do with television and broadcasting production is at this thing. It is phenomenal. Uh,
1: Uh, Yes, I think there's quite a few key. Airways that go, uh, go over to it yep. um, yeah.
3: I, I hope one day to go and see it myself but um, thankfully I've been able to catch up with it, a lot of it through um, the Twit Network which is Leo Laporte's stuff they're streaming live from there um, so the big things would be high-res cameras. This is really the year of the high-res cameras. So you're seeing a lot of 4K, what we call 4K cameras. So that sort of cameras that are doing uh, ridiculously large uh, resolutions. I think it's like 4,000-odd by... <sighs> I've forgotten from memory now. But it, it, you, your standard have standard Yeah, I think it's TV... 2,000
1: by 4,000, um, so we're... Basically, going to four times the resolution of our current high def screens, eight megapixels instead of two. Well, it's it's all about this the sensor that's in the camera. So uh, there's a there's a, a huge
3: amount of uh, resolution, and uh, I mean Peter Jackson's using really high resolution cameras, the uh, Red series cameras. If you ever want to see some incredible cameras, go to Red.com. Um, they've just announced that they're upgrading their cameras to do what's called 6K, which is a huge step up in resolution. Um, so quite ridiculous. But alongside of this is, um, of course, some of the smaller players, or not so small players, that are bringing really cost-effective cameras to the market. So one I do like is a company called Blackmagic. They do a lot of uh, workflow and periphery equipment for um, for TV and broadcasting, that sort of stuff. And they do it at a very cost-effective level. Um, rate. They've just come out with their new Blackmagic Cinema camera, which is what's called a 2.5K camera. So that does a resolution of 2592 by 2192. Uh, so that's definitely well above your HD sort of format. Um, and the price on this is only $3,000. US So in terms of a really cost-effective, high-definition cinema-like camera for um, sort of cheaper operations. This is a phenomenal price, absolutely phenomenal price. It looks quite cool, but it's an unusual resolution, isn't it? It is an unusual resolution. I guess the idea behind it is that um, if you can have um, the best quality image that you can get, um, you can do a lot more with it, you know, sort of all sorts of color correction and just sort of picking the right shots. I mean, you can zoom in on that shot if you wanted to. There, there's a lot of stuff you can do there. It's not a high frame rate camera. It only does up to 30, 30 frames a second, I believe. Um, so it's not a huge... Uh, so what
1: you're saying is it's rubbish? No, it's a good camera. I'm, I'm just, I'm just the <laughs> It's point. a good
3: camera. I mean, the price is phenomenal. That's the thing that's really caught people out. So, I mean, if you're into doing cinema stuff and you want to do some of this high-res... But, Buzzo, have a look at this camera. It is quite good. Of course, if you are possibly like some of the bloggers like we do for our film guide and game guide sites, is we use the Canon DSLR series cameras for doing filming. Uh, Now, Canon this year have also brought out a 4K resolution uh, filming camera for the DSLR, which is the EOS 1D-C. Um, 1D space C. It does 4096 by 2160 pixels, um, which is quite phenomenal. But it, of course, it does the uh, the usual full HD 9, uh, 1920 by 1080, um, and it will film film that. It's, I mean, that's that is a phenomenal camera uh, for what it's doing. I think that one's landing around about fifteen thousand US dollars. So it's a little bit more expensive, but, you know, the 4K size. And, of course, um, Canon are bringing out a whole bunch of cinema-specific chassis as well around the same sort of specs. So... Yeah, that's um that's been the first thing that's coming out of uh, CES uh, sorry CES NAB, is this uh this high bitrate camera stuff and just the cost coming down making it more affordable to f- to people to do some stuff. Um, of course the problem with doing 4K type filming is um just the workflow afterwards. I mean you've got to try
1: your and your file look. sizes are four times the size before phenomenal. before you even get started just without phenomenal. thinking about the processing and storage of you know of that yes uh, um, but so, it's pretty challenging. So that's the other thing that's starting to come out of
3: uh, NAB is the discussion around how does the workflow work, how do we make this happen, because, I mean, you do uh, rendering of these f- uh, formats, you know. It takes up a lot of processing time. So, of course, the discussion now is um, around cloud is now appearing in the broadcast sector. So you've got the likes of Microsoft and Amazon. Um, you've got uh, other, other crowds that are probably less known, like Cloud Sigma and uh, Ampl- Ampl- Data. Uh, for storage type stuff, but these guys are saying, Look, you know, don't tie up your own studio equipment doing rendering or any processing work, fire it off to the cloud, and we'll do the work for you and send you the results back. Um, and this is actually getting quite a bit of an uptake now in the states because even the large scale uh, studios are just they can't afford to keep running infrastructure, huge amounts of infrastructure. Now, if you go and have a look at the number the the processing stats of computers in in New Zealand you know the the fastest computers the top two belong to Weta Digital I mean they I think they used to be IBM. Uh, it used to be IBM arrays. I think they're now HP arrays. But they, they process a huge amounts of um, of data, and so it's not, an, not a cheap thing to do. So what these guys are saying, chuck it up to Amazon, chuck it up to uh, Microsoft Azure. Um, Microsoft actually do have a media services Azure platform, I believe, and they will do a lot of the rendering and processing work for you without having to break the bank. So that's really smart stuff, and I think... Yeah, I mean, we're seeing internet speeds increase, so you can actually send large files back and forth like this. Um, And it just seems to make sense for small organisations to pay for stuff as they need
1: it, as opposed to having big iron wasting away in the corner. Mm, Interesting. Uh, Well, I'm imagining there's going to be a few more announcements, um, you know, come come out of uh, Vegas this week, so we'll look forward to catching up a little bit more on that. Uh, one of our listeners uh Rick Haywood, uh, who's from pro video systems they um handle the panasonic uh, professional video gear here in New Zealand. I understand he's over there at the moment um, so yeah we'll certainly be uh chatting to uh, to our contacts like uh, Rick and uh, looking to see what else we can uh, um, find out that's uh that that's happened uh, there over the last few days so um yeah. All right, well that uh, that probably just about uh, wraps us up. Let me just have a look and see if there's anything uh, anything else on the um, on the agenda. Is there anything else we've uh, we've skipped there, guys? Or we?
0: Oh, uh, quickly, just- I'm going to quickly slide in with a announcement that's just come up um, about Angry Birds, the world's uh, biggest time waster. Yeah. And, uh What do you mean? It's angry- a great game. Angry Birds Space is awesome, and the our favourite thing from our friends in Finland. Um. So, um a couple of analysts have discovered that there are some unofficial versions of the new Angry Bird space, which actually have Trojans in them. So, <laughs> oh, and what platform would they be available on? Uh, the Apple platform. Oh, no. <laughs> the, the Android platform. Um... So yeah, it just uh, shows that to make sure that um, when you are downloading Angry Birds, to make sure you do get the official um, version from uh, the app, uh, not App Store. So or, that-
1: or or any application really. It is and it is something you have to be you have to be cautious of and and it is a little bit scary in light of some of the um, security issues that we've heard about over the last sort of six months or so on mobile platforms and abilities for these platforms to kind of maybe take your what you thought was private content like your photos and your um, GPS information of where you've been and your contacts and uh, you get a rogue app on there
0: it can do all sorts of stuff with that uh, info so uh Play cautious. Well, I suppose we talked about last week about, was it Dropbox storing um, your username passwords unencrypted on your device? So I'm sure that if you had that, it would uh, target those and send them off to whoever uh, it wants to. Mm, Not ideal. No. All right. That's download
3: Angry Birds, not Grumpy Birds. All right.
1: Hey, thanks, everyone, for listening in. That's been us for another week here at the NZ Tech Podcast. Uh, Do look out for us online, uh, nztechpodcast.com. Uh we like to be liked on Facebook.com slash nztechpodcast. Uh we're on Twitter too um, at NZ Tech Podcast. And uh, you can always drop us a line, feedback at nztechpodcast.com. Thanks very much. See you soon. Uh, See you.